Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. שלום ליהודים, שלום לבני נוער, שלום לגויים. It's the evening of the fourth day, י' דלס בחודש שבט, פרשס ישרו, תשפ"ב, 5782, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, 18 January 2022. You're listening to the program, program, webcast on israelnewstalkradio.com, coming to you from a people that does not know how to rule itself, as it should. This is פרשס ישרו, ישרו in English is Jethro, Moses' father-in-law. which reading may indicate that while Jews are good at many things, one of them is not self-rule. We will read of Moses being the great lawgiver, which does not mean the great administrator. He needs to be taught from the Gentile Jethro, who tells him how to organize the people. The top story in Israel today concerns the possible plea bargain for Binyamin Ben Benzion that will put an end to this embarrassing episode in Israeli history uh, in which this prime minister has been har- harassed and, and abused by four charges of criminality that are never raised in better liberal democracies. Israel prides itself as the only democracy in the Middle East which is true but does not contradict its inferiority when compared to other liberal democracies, not in the Middle East, but in the West. Normal liberal democracies commonly split into two large factions, left and right, liberals versus conservatives, labor versus Tory, etc., versus Israel, in which the chaotic Knesset is home to over a dozen parties. It's also a system without voting districts so that no one can point to any MK as his representative, but will also ramble and meander onto other topics. It's a potpourri. This week, including reflections on the connection between the horrible corruption in the states and the lunacy of transgenderism and other forms of sexual confusion. There's a connection between the miserable corruption in the states and government dominated by the degenerate Democrats and the corruption of thought itself in which the country is being run by truly stupid, uneducated people who see themselves as woke and progressive. which is more dishonest verbal claptrap that in an Orwellian vein uses languages, language not to reveal the truth, but to cover it up. And we'll get started after the following message or messages from IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Hello, I am Walter Bingham. If you want to hear the news behind the news and the true perspective on world affairs, then The Walter Bingham File is the program for you. We bring you interviews with the movers and shakers, political commentaries, and on-the-spot reports of events as they happen. All here every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Israel time, 9 a.m. Eastern time. And it's all archived on our website. Make it a date. Thank you. 
שלום ליהודים, שלום לבני נוח, שלום לגויים. It's the evening of the fourth day, י"ד בחודש שבט, פרשס יוסרו, תשפ"ב, 5782, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, 18 January 2022. You're listening to the program, program webcasting on israelnewstalkradio.com, coming to you from a people that does not know how to rule itself as it should. Israel is a great country in some respects, an outstanding country, but uh, for its political system, It's a fake liberal democracy. Well, not fake, but surely inferior to better liberal democracies, such as what the U.S. used to have until uh, 2008, when the dissembling covert Muslim jihadi, the greatest con man in history, was elected president of the United States. Uh, that is when I knew America was cracking up. In the summer of uh, 1787, in Philadelphia, 55 extraordinary men all nominally Christian, composed the U.S. Constitution. Thomas Jefferson was in Paris as ambassador uh, to the court of uh, Louis XVI, who from time to time in the week would dine with fellow diplomats and intellectuals in that city on the cusp of the French Revolution. And when his dinner companions heard of the work in Philadelphia, the designing of a democratic republic, they thought the Americans were crazy. What? You're going to give power to the people? The common man, the common man is commonly an uneducated illiterate. Give them political power? Jefferson agreed that uh, this may be true in Europe, among Europe's serfs and peasants, but Americans, he said, were different. Uh, most were independent, self-sustaining yeoman farmers and their families, uh, where if there was at least uh, one book in the cabin, it was the Bible. Jefferson agreed that democracy cannot work without an educated electorate. But he said Americans were different, and he was right. Americans were those who built that country because they were industrious, hardworking people who built their own homes and created their own free will uh, churches that they attended. They raised barns together. They knew right from wrong. And so in 2008... The election of Obama told you as truly that America, Jefferson's America, of educated and prudent people is no more. When I learned uh, during the campaign 2000, in 2008 that Obama had sat for 20 years in the church of Jeremiah Wright, a uh, former member of the Black Muslims under Louis Farrakhan, and Wright had invited Farrakhan to preach in his church and receive a commendation. When I learned that, I thought Obama was finished. So when he won... I was not only flabbergasted, but horrified. If American voters could not see him for what he was, a phony, a black racist, like Wright, like Farrakhan, Americans had become the uneducated people Jefferson agreed cannot manage a democratic republic. And then came later on the revelation of uh, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton having an unsecured illegal server and email which enabled every hacker in the universe and his brother to get into the State Department and other emails. When this was revealed and nothing was done about it, this is evidence of the sickening corruption in the American government at the same time, the predominance of the woke in the culture, the progressives, those people who I think are as dishonest with those words woke and progressive as Islamophobia and homophobia and transphobia are dishonest words. When the New York Times supports the writing of the 1690 Project by an angry young black woman, the Times exposed itself 
as the home of stupid people. I think woke is camouflage for stupid people, uneducated people. How does AOC present herself as an expert climatologist? What are her qualifications to declare the end of the world in another, what, six years, is it? America has become a nation run by stupid people who support defund the police. In the Jewish Bible, one of the readings is entitled Shoftim Hushotim, Judges and Constables, Police and Cops and Judges. This was dictated by the creator of heaven and earth and is evidence of the truth that a society needs judges and police. If it were legally enforceable, I would support denying the right to vote to anyone who, on record ever supporting that stupid idea of defunding the police. These progressives, the woke, they're not only stupid, they're insane. If by that we mean living only partially in the real world, partially in a skewed misperception of it. For example, before the 1960s, the word gender was used exclusively to reference a principle in grammar uh, in those languages, if not English, that categorize nouns and adjectives and sometimes verbs as either masculine or feminine or neuter. But then the word was ripped out of this context by feminist theorists, many of them sexually deviant, who redefined gender as something that has nothing to do with sex. Gender became a feeling, though no one could locate the source of this feeling in the body or brain. In effect, it is magical thinking imagination is at work here, and that something called gender can be masculine or feminine or a combination of the two, and this gender has nothing to do with a person's anatomy, namely his or, or, or her organs of reproduction. And it's no coincidence that this craziness began in the 1960s, which led to the throwing of holy water on abortion as a form of population control. Uh, sexuality became very, very confused in those days and remains. The term gender, as used today, is functionally delusional. It's certainly not medical science, and no less delusional is the word transgender. In the early stages of uh, this mental disorder, uh, the term transsexual was used, which was a lie from the get-go, the common word uh, for transsexual in common speech at the time and, and remain sex change, which is plainly a lie. Never in history have human being, beings been able to change a person's reproductive organs for those of the opposite sex. No man has ever transitioned and become a womb man, a human with a womb, surgically fitted with a womb, ovaries, fallopian tubes. Never happened. Even before then, the word transsexual uh, was invented was the word transvestite, which remains the truest of descriptions. For what has happened to a person compelled to wear the clothes of the opposite sex is an addiction. It's an addiction as powerful as any opioid. Opioids are external chemicals uh, when all sexual addictions produce the addictive pleasure hormones in their own bodies. Uh, one becomes addicted to them. More than once in the Torah and the five books, wearing the clothes of the opposite sex is prohibited, and it was no random decision of the Creator to introduce the very idea of clothes at the very beginning of human life, starting in the Garden of Eden. And why? Why clothes? Not to protect man from the elements, but for modesty and 
the innate human embarrassment of nakedness in public. We Homo sapiens are mammals. Mammals are the highest form of animal life, only unlike all other mammals, we wear clothes and do so driven by a holy psychological need, not a material one. Hence the taboo on wearing the clothes of the opposite sex uh, that preceded the taboo on sodomy and uh, what they did as well in Gomorrah. I think one of the reasons and results of the current craziness began when women started wearing pants in the same decade of the 1960s, the birth control pill altered the relations between the sexes as never before. And Hillary Clinton wanted to become an astronaut. She didn't want to become a mom. This led to the blessing uh, of abortion as no longer something shameful, but even a right, a noble cause. The U.S. Supreme Court made that legal a year after the American Psychiatric Association ruled homosexuality was perfectly normal, too which led to homosexual orgies from coast to coast, which led to the horrible plague of AIDS. And now today we have the lunacy of transgenderism. This is nothing but more verbal camouflage prohibiting something that is prohibited in the Bible. With the craziness today of transgenderism taking center stage, what has occurred since the 1960s has been the outing into the public square of what should belong in the closet. These perversions have been there since the birth of man, with the Jews standing out in opposition to tolerating them, and that coincidentally, uh, the people of the, the Jewish nation have been the only immortal people for that. Uh, and hated for that, Jews represent the word of God in these matters, and his prohibitions... Hi. 
Hi, everyone. This is Andrea Simento from Jerusalem inviting you to drop everything and join me on my show. Pull up a chair. We'll visit this week's quirky stories, meet fabulous guests, and discover my Israel. Together, we'll laugh, shout, and explain the topics that make us say, hey, we've got to talk about that. So get comfortable and pull up a chair with me, Andrea Simento, every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. So uh, I want to return to what I started with, which was my disappointment with Israel's political culture before I digressed all over the place. Uh, It's a culture that's inferior to other liberal democracies, as in the U.S., before its moral corruption. Uh, There are, I believe, direct lines of organic connection between the destruction of America under Biden and the endless sexual craziness in which mayor players have been the the serial rapist ex-president of the United States, King Billy the Kinky, uh, Jeffrey Epstein and Harvey Weinstein and Ghislaine Maxwell and accusing Brett Kavanaugh of acting like Teddy Kennedy. The FBI has become a sewer of criminality and its abuse of power, the Department of Justice, no less. And there's a connection to the lunacy of transgenderism and the flooding of school libraries with books of homosexual pornography for children. Here in Israel, we likewise have the scandals of Yehuda Meshi Zahav and Chaim Valder and Rabbi Moti Elon. There's a word of another rabbi involved in this this deviance. And no less a corruption has been the persecution of Netanyahu for nothing except envy of his popularity and success. It's a system in which the attorney general is not an advocate for the government and its leader, but in this case, a stupid man who never understood it was not his job to drive the prime minister from office for, in his own Olympian judgment, it was for the good of the people. Israel likewise uh, has a high court that does not understand its role. It's a closed club of like-minded peacocks who have no respect for democracy. That system of government in which the people send their choice of representatives to write laws for them. It is not the job of the judiciary to overrule the legislature that has a different opinion than these judges in their closed universe. Classic case in my mind is when the high court in the first intifada forbade a certain tactic the IDF was using to deal with the riots. It was a clever and most humane defense, I think, uh, against having rocks thrown at their vehicles, which was to force, grab some... stone throwers, and force them to ride on the vehicle outside as human shields. The court forbade the idea from doing this for it was a war crime or something. And for the life of me, I have no of no U.S. Supreme Court ruling dictating to the country's army at war on what tactics to use or not use. If this was a war crime, let others make that charge. So the top story today in Israel... Is a possible plea bargain for Mr. Netanyahu, charged with these outrageous charges that in other liberal democracies do not exist. It's an ugly business, what they've done to him. And no less, it's a frightening prospect that Yair Lapid may actually become prime minister. God help us. Thanks to the system here, which is less a democracy than a partyocracy, typical liberal democracy breaks down commonly into two large factions, those favoring change, those wanting to conserve the best of the past, between the left and the right. 
the society, the body politic breaks down in imitation of the human body. Of nature itself, we live in a bipolar reality. Men, women, winter, summer, fall. A left side of the body, a right side of the body. The body politic has that. By contrast, in Israel, there are over, I think, a dozen parties represented in the Knesset. This is evidence of its inferiority. It's chaos. It's a system that denies power to the people by having no election districts as well. No MK can point to one individual he's responsible for. No Israeli citizen can appeal to his representative in the Knesset because he has none. And so we wind up with a prime minister representing, I think, only six seats, who uh, is bowing to the power of the anti-Semitic Arabs he has made a deal with. This is a system in which one stupid attorney general can cripple the people's choice of leader and bring him down. Today, Yair Lapid called the religious Zionist party anti-Zionist, which has some truth to it for so many pioneering Zionists were not religious. For a man like Lapid, it's a contradiction in terms to be a religious and a Zionist. Indeed, their purpose was to create the pioneers, a non-religious society for which uh, they believed uh, that would be the solution to the hatred and the persecution of Jews. Uh, you don't call yourself the chosen people. Uh, people don't like that. And it, that alludes as well to the great chooser in the sky who chose you. And people don't like to be reminded of his presence. Speaking of the Jewish religion, that plays no role in Lapid's life. On Sunday, uh, A7, uh, Ruth Sheva, uh, reported on a, an interview in Yidiot of the new U.S. ambassador. He's yet another in a line of SDJs. An SDJ is a uh, State Department Jew boy. They have a whole department of them. One after the other has followed in the footsteps of the first to become ambassador. I think it was the uh, nominal Jew, uh, U.S. ambassador to Tel Aviv, Martin Indyk. He's a nasty piece of work. He came to the United States from Australia advertising his love of Israel. He went to work uh, for APAC, made contacts in the State Department, and eventually turned his back on APAC, gave APAC the middle finger, and joined the most anti-Jew department in the U.S. Likewise, Danny Kurtzer and Daniel Shapiro, and now this Thomas Nides, N-I-D-E-S, Nides, Nides, who, like his boss, Antony Blinken, is married to a Gentile woman, which is to the Jewish nation a form of national cancer that eats away at the population. Last week, uh, the new ambassador gave an interview to Yidiot, and he said, quote, I am reform. We were not religious. We grew up on Judaism as a culture, not a religion. We light candles every Friday night. We mark the holidays, whatever that means. And every child has celebrated a bar or bas mitzvah, close quote, celebrated. One does not celebrate a bar mitzvah, one becomes a bar mitzvah, and one becomes a bar mitzvah automatically. You don't have to do anything, thanks to biology. You reach a certain age, you become obligated to the responsibility of an adult Jew, like uh, daily strapping on to one's head and arm, chapter 13 of the book of Exodus, versus what the Reform call a bar mitzvah, which is a ceremony in a temple in which the boy sounds out Hebrew words written in the five books that he does not understand, after which he is liberated from doing anything Jewish except uh, Passover, Hanukkah, and 
showing up in a temple two days in the fall. That's the bar mitzvah. The reform will say, Rabbi so-and-so bar mitzvahed my son, which turns the two words into a transitive verb in which the rabbi does something to the boy. When I, uh, what I enjoyed most was his opening two sentences, though, referring to his upbringing and his family. I am reform. We were not religious. There you have it. Thank you very much. This must be sent to Matan Kahana, Minister of Religious Affairs, as evidence of the mistake of catering to the reform in Jerusalem or anywhere. Here this guy is telling us the reform are not religious, which is so true. It's not a religious sect. Uh, it's not a form of Jewishness. It's a social or gathering of people of Jewish extraction who do not live as Jews have lived and survived for 4,000 years. They don't observe the Sabbath. They don't observe the fasts. They have some festivals. They don't observe the spiritual discipline that is the kosher system. The reform being Jewish is being one who has good values, Jewish values, that are never named when they raise uh, those words and never explicitly cited are the sources of these good values. No one has ever told where to find these Jewish values in an authoritative Jewish text. Whenever you hear a non-Orthodox Jew referencing something that justifies uh, what he wants, he says he's speaking from Jewish values. The purpose is to advertise himself as a good person. That's all. And because of this belief that Judaism is a culture, not a religion, these men and women of Jewish extraction leave the Jewish people for they have nothing to teach their children about the beliefs and behaviors that have sustained these people for millennia. This new guy told this interviewer that his wife is not Jewish, but he sees his son Max as Jewish and his son agrees he is a Jew too. Quote, others can argue. I once read in the Wall Street Journal, in the 90s this was, of the Hillel House, dominated by the Reform, at Ball State University, where one communal activity was watching the Seinfeld comedy program together. This was called a Jewish activity. Heaven help us. Shai Ben Tekoa, Brother Shai, we crossed paths at the University of Chicago in 67. I had just gotten my Bachelor of Science degree, pre-med biopsychology, and you were in the Divinity School. U of Chicago Hillel was a hangout, as well as Delta Upsilon Fraternity. I want you to know that we of South Floridians for the Safety and Security of Israel Institute find that your podcasts from theprogramprogram.com are really inspiring. You really have gutsy candor. And we say Todah We have monthly pro-Israel rally events at the Miami-Dade College campus, main entrance, 109th Ave and 104th Street. Eight lanes of traffic, thumbs up, horn honking. People are fired up over the Iran menace and the prospect of nuclear weapons in Iran. Keep up the great work. And thank you so much for your fantastic podcast.
Shalom, I'm Leah Aharoni. Join me on my show, News from the Torah. Each Sunday, we'll use the weekly Torah portion as a prism for understanding the news today. Listen to News from the Torah to gain clarity about the times we're living in and to understand your own spiritual path in the process. News from the Torah every Sunday on Israel News Talk Radio. Well, uh, since the last uh, podcast a week ago, thousands of Bedouin the next day as well, uh, these are people with citizenship in the Negev. They attacked Israeli army officers and officials and civilians in order to stop the classical Zionist behavior of reclaiming the desert with vegetation, in this case, planting trees. The government knuckled under, which angered millions of Israelis, when uh, Yair Lapid, foreign minister, called for suspending the work and negotiating with the Bedouin. People were angry, especially following Defense Minister Gantz at the end of last month, hosting in his home Mahmoud Abbas, this anti-Semitic Holocaust-denying terrorist murderer, and promised him all kinds of goodies while asking for nothing in return. Benny Gantz is yet another product of the collectivists. Here he was raised a provincial in a socialist collective moshav, a, a collective village. He went into the army and stayed there. He has had no experience in dealing with others outside of that uh, hothouse, and surely none dealing with this mental Neanderthal Abbas, this lunatic who wrote a whole book claiming there was no Holocaust which I see on his part, and like him, people, it's an unwitting admission. He is psychologically blocked from feeling any human empathy for Jews, any pity for us, uh, which makes sense since his religion, Islam, sees in Jews the number one enemy of believers, which makes sense, reflecting the buried guilt Arabs bear for stealing Jewishness, our religion. That's why they hate us. Not only did the Muslims overrun and continue to occupy our holiest site in this life, they stole our religion. They stole our literature. The shameless thievery of these plagiarists who take the story of the binding of Isaac by Abraham and rewrite it to their satisfaction and claim we stole the story from them. I don't think the provincial Benigantz knows with whom he is dealing. Israelis like him, like Paris, like Rabin, they're oblivious to the abyss, the psychological and intellectual abyss between us and these Arabs, these Muslims. The very Israeli idea of becoming friends with them is not of this world. And that desire is also a feature of the age-old original sin of the Jews to want to be like non-Jews, to break down the wall of separation between us and the rest of humanity. Israelis want Bibi's book title, A Place Among the Nations, when U.S. truly does want a place among the nations who surround us, all I ask of them is to stop murdering us and stop trying to destroy our little independent state. What Israel has never allowed itself to see is this abyss between us and these Muslims who in many ways are no different today than they ever were. In fairness to Israelis, they are not alone in needing to misperceive the Arabs. For example, even right-wing conservative pro-Israel opinionators referred to the hostage crisis on Shabbos the other day in Texas, the kidnapper who's now in Muslim paradise. They called him an Islamist, which is a word to my mind in the same category as Islamophobe or homophobe and transphobe. Islamism and Islamist are also in the same category as the LGBT dishonesty, 
a string of capital letters alluding to sexual deviance. This, the abusive language here is uh, not revealing the truth but covering it up. Islam, Islamism, Islamists, those two words were invented by non-Muslim Western academics for political and not scholarly purposes. Proof of this is that uh, the Muslims themselves do not use these words. The invention of Islamism and Islamist, they were meant to defend Islam from identification with terrorists who justify their satanic criminality with their religion. The Islamist is seen as a, quote, radical extremist out there on the fringes of Islam uh, because the percentage of Muslim terrorists among Muslims is puny. That's true. Most Muslims are not terrorists. But Islamism is seen as a political crusade, crusade that justifies violence against all non-Muslims, which is not Islam, the academics say, which is not true. In the Oval Office on 9-11, Bush 43, that uh, ignorant man, he said, Islam is a religion of peace, and the essence of Islam is the jihad, the struggle to spread Islam all over the world because Islam is the correct religion, the correct version of the religion of Ibrahim. Islam means submission and believes the whole world must come to submit to the religion of Prophet Muhammad, the opposite of peace be upon him, who was the last of all the prophets found in the Jews' Bible, the last and greatest of them all. The Arabs have so little as a people to be proud of. They console themselves with believing that they have the best religion, the one true faith, which makes them superior to all other nations and religions in the world. Versus the mind of the contemporary liberal who recoils from healthy communal self-love. Uh, he fears, I think, his own inclination to racism and counters that with a truly racist refusal to judge these barbarians as barbarians. Last week, for example, commenting on the violence in the Negev, a liberal academic here in Israel, one Michael Milstein, he's head of the Palestinian Studies Forum at the Moshe Dayan Think Tank at Tel Aviv University, which alerts us to his liberal distortions. He said, quote, there were many lands all over the Negev the Bedouin claim they owned before 1948. In addition, there are problems of serious poverty among the Bedouins and a growing rate of violence and accusations of discrimination, close quote. His interviewer, uh, this is on ynetnews.com, wrote, Milstein doesn't think there is a culture of violence within the Bedouin community. Rather, he believes a problem derives from the, quote, huge number of young Bedouin with no work who don't learn double alienation here towards the state and their parents and a long lack of investment and, enforce and enforcement of sovereignty, close quote. Yeah, they're alienated from the state and the state has not invested enough in them. See, this academic's uh, PhD thesis was entitled, quote, the collective Palestinian memory of the Nakba since 1948, when there was no Nakba in 1948, as the Arabs understand the term. It's their answer to the Holocaust, when they too were the victims of racists, in case Jews acting like Nazis. Moreover, the collective memory of the Nakba is surely riddled with fantasies and lies like owning all this land, and never mind to speak of the Palestinian memory of the Nakba is lousy history for 1948. The Palestinians were all Jews. No Arab called himself a Palestinian in 1948. And here is a liberal Israeli academic who respects the Bedouin claim to land ownership and never mind the irrationality of this thought. Bedouin do not file the claims to land. 
that would cost money to file the uh, claim and uh, provide proof, etc. Notice as well, like a good contemporary liberal, he cites, quote, problems of serious poverty among the Bedouins, growing rights of violence and accusations of discrimination. Yeah, sure, before 1948, the Bedouins were never violent. And they had a comfortable standard of living. No serious problems for them before Israel became independent. Mm -hmm. What could be brewing, unfortunately, in this uh, news story from last week is an Israeli version of the American Civil War, which was the war between the North and the South. In this case, it would be uh, the North uh, uh, Jews and in the South, the Bedouin. Think of uh, North and South Korea. Think of North and South Vietnam. The desire of some Northern Italians to abandon the South. In this case, it would be the Jews having to fight for ownership of the Negev that they used to own. Uh, no amount of appeasement will work with these people. They are nomadic, conscienceless, belligerent, hamitic, Ishmaelitic Muslims. Okay, that's it for this edition of Phantom Nation, generously sponsored by Floridians for the Safety and Security of Israel Institute. Uh, they hold rallies regularly at the, the Miami-Dade College at 104th Street and 109th Avenue. The music you heard was from uh, Aviel and from uh, Yehuda Glantz. And we will conclude, as usual, with Yosef Karduner. For the full story of how the Muslims invented the Palestinians, buy my book, Phantom Nation, in hardcover or Amazon Kindle. It's long, but many say once you start reading, it's hard to put down because it is the best, most truthful and insightful book ever on the war against Israel. Uh, there are other pat podcasts like this one available each week, three of them, via subscription at www.phantomnation.com. And so I say now, light a toe from the OJT, the occupied Jewish territories, occupied by the most anti-Semitic and homicidal people, Muslims, in the world today. <laughs>
If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 